Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free, invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers, all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to ticketmanager.com for details on how to apply. And welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorships, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode to discuss sponsorship and sports marketing's place in brand storytelling, along with measuring ROI and the role of rights holders in that process, is Steve Nolan. Head of Marketing and Communications for Zurich, North America. Welcome, Steve, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You and I talked uh, not too long ago, and, and you were telling me some of the, the really interesting things that you've got going on at, at Zurich, and, and one of them is that you've embarked on a, a brand refresh, and that, that's globally uh, across the organization. So when you look at it, as I often do through a sponsorship lens, you know, that really kind of creates an opportunity to use some of the events that you sponsor, including your, your largest partnership, the Zurich Classic PGA Tour event, as a platform for that kind of messaging. So you know, that kind of intersection of content management and brand storytelling and sponsorship is very inter- interesting. And, and I'd be curious to know how, how you and Zurich are addressing that. There are very few straight sponsorships anymore. And I've been around long enough where it used to be, hey, look, we're just going to sponsor this and we're going to get our branding out there um, for eyeballs to see. And, and I don't know that that exists anymore, at least not in my world. So we look at things like the Zurich Classic and the PGA and, and our partnership there as ways to really leverage it, as you mentioned, as a platform to try and um, tell a, a much more broad story about our brand. And as you mentioned, we're undergoing a, a global brand refresh. Um, the Zurich brand has been around for 150 plus years, particularly in the North America market. It's been around for a long time. It's also a very unknown brand, mainly because we're a B2B company and, and we sell our products and service through a distribution network. It's a corporate or commercial insurance product. So most consumers don't know what it is. Um, but we leverage things like the Zurich Classic in particular as ways to communicate kind of what we're trying to position Zurich as. And it's more about trying to figure out how we can kind of start elevating the purpose of Zurich, which under our new brand framework is creating a brighter future together. And that together can mean end customers, insureds, our brokers, our distributors, um, and anybody we do business with. But we, we are actively looking at the, the storytelling positioning in ways that we can be much more specific about how do we tell these stories. So we've built brand storytelling buckets, one of them being sustainability, 
one of them being people and culture, and one of them being the future of risk. So those brand storytelling topics become rallying points for us to tell the, the Zurich story. And we use things like the Zurich Classic to, to get really in-depth on trying to communicate what Zurich is, is trying to offer under those kind of different umbrellas. What I mean by that is we may bring in speakers to the Zurich Classic. We may talk about products and services that are completely tied into the sustainability story topic. Um, we certainly have a lot to talk about in the future of risk. I mean, look at the pandemic we're sitting in right now. So we will very deliberately talk about these things under those kind of brand storytelling umbrellas, um, not just in person at the event, but we'll use the digital assets that we have through the PGA and other assets that we have on that platform to kind of tell those stories. So, you know, once, when you've correctly determined, you know, kind of what, what the sponsorships are and what they're not, you know, then, then that leads to saying, well, are, are we getting out of this what we need? You know, we, now we, we understand our, our objectives. And I know you're, you're really tackling that question uh, at, at Zurich and kind of refining and, and putting some discipline on, on how you measure uh, return on investment from things like the, the Zurich Classic and, and, and trade shows and, and other types of uh, events that you're involved in. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that, that process and, and how you approach getting that, the information you need to, to determine you know, how these things are performing for you? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a great question. I think so many marketers or communicators struggle with the idea of how do you get a return on investment from events or trade shows or any other types of in-person activations. They happen to be the most expensive way to reach small audiences. But they also are very impactful because there's no replication of that kind of one-to-one conversation of those in-depth conversations. So for the insurance business, which is a very much a relationship business, we are heavily invested in events and trade shows because you know building that one-to-one relationship with our customers is so critical to us advancing kind of the business in general. But we, like any other company, really um, have struggled to to measure it effectively. And sometimes I think, particularly with large trade shows, they almost become a defensive mechanism for businesses. It's like, what happens if we leave this trade show? So, so we have been really analyzing this very deeply from a Zurich perspective to try and figure out from the touch points we have at these events and trade shows, how do we build that into a larger engagement model with our customers and brokers look at holistically over time, the events and the things that we've done to impact customers or engage them, what are the relatable business results that we can measure and outcomes out of that? And it's not very easy because, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past, is despite the fact that we have all the technologies in the world today to better measure things and look at things, a lot of companies really have a tough time really using those technologies in a way that is going to tie it back to business results. We can look at things like NPS scores and other things that are point in time type opportunities where you can say, at the end of this event, we did a survey of those who attended. And according to our kind of survey results, people really engage with them and like this event. And they'll kind of view that as a success metric. I'm like, yeah, but what did it do for us from a business perspective? And those are the, the analytics that we're trying to get at. And it's, it's um, in theory, it's easy. It's like, it's, this is a very pragmatic approach to trying to understand this. 
in practice, it's hard. It's hard to kind of figure out how to connect the dots with all these touch points and figure out at the end of the day, did our business grow as a result of us doing this? It's, that's a very hard thing for companies to get around. And, you know, I've been around long enough where we were doing this before, you know, CRM tools like Salesforce and other things made it easier from a technology perspective. And it almost feels like sometimes you were more effective before technologies were in place because technologies become somewhat complex for people. So it's an interesting conversation and one that I think every step along my career, people have been trying to grapple with the idea of how do we understand the effectiveness, particularly of events, because the investment dollars are high, right? And the touch points are pretty low. Yeah, I, that's a really interesting point about the technology too, because it's yeah, it, it allows us to do so many great things, but at the same time, it can, if it's not utilized correctly, kind of could lead down the wrong path. I guess. Well, and they go the technologies too; um, they evolve over time, and they go down paths that are hard to unwind. So, mm-hmm. if you start going down a path and become invested in a certain way in a certain operational way of doing things. And you start to realize that that path isn't really working for you. It becomes really hard to unwind and back that out. Right. Okay. Uh, company struggle is like, well, we built this to do this in one way, but we needed to do something else. And then how do you retrain your, your staff and how do you retool what you have to kind of start accommodating a new way of doing things? That becomes very hard, especially at bigger legacy companies who've had these tools for years and years and have used them in a certain way. You also mentioned uh, when talking about some of these partnerships that that brands stay in them kind of from a defensive posture, um, and I measurement too is and, and can be a little bit of, you know of a defensive move in in terms of the fact that if you know your competitors are you know going down this road too and and putting in place ways to to measure their success, it kind of it maybe pushes you to to, to try and do a, a good job as well. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, absolutely. It's also, um, you know, years ago, I, I have a background in the technology space. So years ago, I used to go to CES often. And CES was one of those where it's just this gigantic monster of an event. And the large players in that kind of space, particularly Microsoft and others, all of a sudden started pulling out of it. And it was exactly what we were talking about where, you know, it's like, what are we getting out of this? And when you start to realize why you're there, you're like, is this a defensive play? And then certain companies started realizing, well, I might not be getting what I want out of this. And and the other thing that's a challenge is when I'm at these big trade shows, I'm competing against everybody else for share of voice. When you're large enough, you can probably do something on your own, whether it's a product launch or something else. And you can own kind of the the, the mind share of the audience that you're trying to serve by doing it on your own rather than in a platform like CES. Now, what's interesting is that was a trend for a while where like the really big companies that had the, um, you know, really had the brand recognition and, and the dollars to move away from these things started to do it. Now they started to come back because they started to realize that there was other value and perhaps they started measuring it in different ways to what you're saying is like, you know, maybe they looked at it in a way where it's like, well, if we evaluate this differently, we understand what we're getting out of this, and there's a reason for being at these shows. We have plenty of uh, people who are watching this who are on the kind of other side of the table from you. They're, they're working with sports organizations and event producers and venues and, and things like that. And of course, they hear as recipients of sponsorship, you know, they have conversations with their partners all the time, I would imagine, about 
uh, value and, and, and measurement and success and all of that, KPIs and all of that kind of stuff. From your perspective, what role do, do, do your partners, those, those who, you, who, who you're sponsoring, I mean, what, what's their role in kind of helping their, their, their brand sponsors and partners evaluate success? The PGA has been incredibly creative in helping us try and deliver on that brand storytelling scenario that I played out there that I talked about um, in the beginning of this. When I say creative, they're constantly looking at different ways to reach audiences, different digital platforms. You know, they're, they're partnering with new media outlets. And I'll give you an example, which I'm one of those people who've looked at the traditional metrics, particularly media metrics that people looked at. And I, I get them and I understand them. I weigh them less and less these days because at the end of the day, you want to figure out how not just to connect, like, did we reach a, a, a large audience and was it the right audience? But at the end of the day, connect that to business results and did it matter? You know, it used to be, hey, you did a media campaign and, and you got the metrics back and you looked at the ad equivalencies and the reach and all that. And it's like, well, this seemed to pay for itself just by the metrics, but then you didn't connect the last mile to see, like, did it actually lead to business results? And that, that's kind of the complicated part. But the PGA and the partners who are sitting on the other side of the table, they're getting very creative at helping you reach new audiences in different ways. An example of this would be, you know, when, when we have a, a partnership like the PGA, there's certain media partners as well that we work with as a result of our relationship with the PGA. And the PGA is constantly evaluating them. One of the partnerships with the PGA that is evolving that is of interest to us is, is DraftKings. And if you're not familiar with DraftKings, it's a fantasy football and fantasy sports now, sports gambling is part of that too, although that's a whole other side conversation. DraftKings uh, approached us as part of their sponsorship with the PGA, where they said, you know, we would love to work with you guys to create something that is specific to your audiences by way of the Zurich Classic. So what they meant by that is, okay, we have all these brokers and customers that we want to reach. How can we reach them in a fun way to follow the tournament, understand what we're doing, and build a platform that allows them to gamify their engagement with the Zurich Classic and Zurich? It wouldn't be of interest to us if it was just DraftKings because it's a it's a consumer platform that you know reaches a wide audience. But when you're starting to be able to tailor make that offering to the audiences that matter to us in a much more deeper engagement than just seeing kind of a logo. Those are interesting opportunities that they're really, truly creative partners. I think, you know, the approach that you're taking sounds, uh, sounds, you know, really, really well done. And, and, you know, nobody's found the silver bullet, right? And, and I don't know that the silver bullet exists where some, you're going to be able to flip, flip a switch and say, yep, here's, here's the magic uh, answer to all of our questions around sponsorship. But one of the things is, you know, the, the steps that are being made to really kind of isolating the impact on, in your case, on individual customers versus just the corporations they work for. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about that? And I, again, I know you haven't necessarily solved that, but just about uh, uh, the challenge of, of getting getting closer to uh, to that kind of end goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, individual customer, and I, if you think about what I mentioned before, we're such a relationship business. So we have invested so much time and energy 
and trying to engage on a one-to-one or one-to-few and events becomes part of that. Obviously entertainment becomes a part of that. And I will say like things like um, the, the ticket manager system that we're integrating with, with our kind of ticketing operation, as you can imagine, we, we spend uh, significant dollars on entertainment. And a lot of that comes with, with, you know, tickets to big events at Madison Square Garden, the United Center, you name it. And there is no silver bullet to your point of trying to understand what you're getting out of these things. But the more we can tie these into tools and things that we use like Salesforce to understand how does taking somebody to Madison Square Garden lead to the end kind of business results that we want. And the more you can kind of take the manualization out of these processes and build them into systems, the closer we get to that silver bullet. And the example would be, you know, for the ticket management system, integration with Salesforce allows us to do two things. One is it, it makes it so that um, the, the person who is engaging a customer or a broker who wants to take them to an event comes into Salesforce and we can track that because they have to kind of engage with Salesforce to actually leverage the tickets to that event. So we then can track and understand, yep, that broker or that customer of ours not only went to uh, an event with us at Madison Square Garden, they came down to the Zara Classic, they uh, were part of an email marketing campaign that we just delivered on, and we know that they engaged with us through, those, uh, through that lens. Um, and at the end of the day, their business with Zurich went up, stayed the same, or perhaps it decreased and we need to reevaluate the whole thing. But then we can look at that one-to-one kind of engagement model across the full spectrum of how we're um, working with that customer or broker and understand, okay, where does their business uh, relationship look like as a result of all that engagement that we had? And the only way to get to that as close to that silver bullet is by figuring out how do you build these into the processes and systems that you use. And tickets are a big part of that too. And, and we certainly spend enough money on it from an expense perspective to make sure that we're understanding what we get out of it. Steve, you've been so generous with your, your time and, and, and sharing of information. I always, always appreciate uh, folks in our business who are willing to do that, um, you know, help, help educate uh, all of us. And, um, and just uh, can't thank you enough for, for spending this time with us today and uh, look forward to, to keeping in touch and, uh, and finding out how things are continuing to go for you at, at Zurich. Happy to chat, Jim. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, I'd like to thank everyone for watching and remind you to please join us again for the next episode in our All Access interview series.